is up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Good Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Josh. Um, I totally was not going to do the intro, but then, like, just instinctively did the intro. Josh, <laughs> how's it going? Uh, going good, going good. I uh, was in Ohio this weekend, and I first time I think I've ever done this. I watched the game uh, while I was sitting outside at a campfire. On my iPad. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah, a little bit of ominous as I was uh, watching the game. That's <laughs> At awesome. At least the first half. Getting That's some s'mores cool. and, you know, just chilling out outside. That's a great way to watch. Oh, look, looks like Kevin's here. Hey, Kev. How's it going? I, sorry I'm late. That was, I've never. What was that? I, I missed that. What happened? <laughs> I probably deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> probably deserve that. Sorry. I had no, to. if I, I didn't if I didn't usually join these things with like two minutes to spare, then I actually would have probably figured out the problem in time. But no, it, I it, when trying I had to log in to this thing. Long story short, really weird keyboard thing was happening until I finally figured out, well, I can just type in my password on like another text editor or something and then just copy and paste it in. And that's what I did. So um, but for whatever reason, every time I typed it, try to type in my password, it would allow one character and then jump back up to the email address, which was really weird. Um, Fun. So, That's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. How was uh, how was your weekend, Kev? Uh, good. Nothing, nothing uh, out of. <laughs> Why did you stop talking? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. The first time I was like, I don't know, that was kind of weird. Uh, the, the second one, that that was that was comedy gold. That was good. That was good. <laughs> but seriously, Kev, how was your weekend? I'm not doing it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna sit there and drink your uh, drink your tea. Okay, yep. that's fair. Um, what did I do this week? Oh, we went. Um, so there's a place uh, out near Ohio Pile called uh, the Touchstone Center for the Crafts. And my oldest son is actually there this week doing like metalworking all week. But Susan and I went there Friday night. They have all sorts of different kinds of like classes and stuff. And it's supposed to be like date night. So we went and we made glass beads, which was like kind of crazy. Like you literally take a shaft of like glass and there's a torch and you get it like piping hot to the point that it's like liquid. And then you just like string it around this pole and you just keep adding layers to it i've never done it before um but it was really really cool so i'm just you have it with you i don't because what happened was so after you do it you have to stick it inside of a kiln so that um uh they don't cool too fast because then the glass will break so you stick it inside the kiln and then it was supposed to be available to pick up the next day so we we're like oh okay my wife took my son up on sunday to drop him off for the week we thought we'd get our beads then and sure enough i I'm going to blame myself. I think when I stuck them in the kiln, I put them a little too close together. So some of the beads like fuse together. So maybe next week I'll have like a cluster of beads to show you guys <laughs> that um, that are kind of neat looking. But that was cool. cool. I, I'd never done that before. And the whole thing was so cool because it was probably on, I don't know, 10 acres. And they had different buildings for different things. So there was like a glass building. There was a ceramics building. There was a blacksmith shop. Um and then they have dorms and they have cabins for like people that want to go stay. They have this giant pizza oven outside, but everything you like walk to uh, in between stuff. Um, 
but yeah, it was really, really neat. So if you're ever looking for just like a getaway, they have classes like year round and you can learn all sorts of crazy stuff, but touchstone center for the crafts. So shout out there. Very, Very cool. cool. Yeah. But Kev, like legit, did you do anything? This week? No, I'm too. <laughs> you're, you're not going to get now? anything out of me. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> you're not going to get anything out of me for the rest of the show. That's your guard. So I let I want to segue into the actual game itself, and I have a legit question for you guys because this I hear from other fans of other teams when things like this happen. So obviously the Hounds are playing in New Mexico. It's a 9 p.m. start here on the East Coast, and so a lot of times when you have games that don't start at the normal time or are I don't say significantly later, but they're later than they usually are. You'll have fans that either won't watch it live or they make contingency plans or whatever it may be. Um, how did you, did you, Josh, you mentioned that you were watching this on an iPad around a fire. Did you do it live or did you watch it delayed? I did it live. I, I, nine o'clock's not that bad. Like it wasn't like super late. It's not like the game started at midnight or something like that. I'm just gonna. I was gonna say. Well, I didn't watch it live. <laughs> Listen, man. After after Friday night was like a. It was a bit of a CF for me. I probably got two hours of sleep Friday night um, for various reasons. So I said I'm, I went to bed at nine and I watched the game the next day. Kev, did you watch it live or did you watch it the next day? I did not watch it live. I watched it the next day. Okay. Just curious. I, I like, look what, the oldest in this group, but yet somehow I feel the youngest. <laughs> it's weird. You're not. You're not the oldest in this group. Don't worry. Um, I, I look the oldest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just because all my gray hasn't come in yet. Um, yeah, it's just interesting because I, you know, I I was on the cusp. Had I had I actually got some sleep Friday night, I would have stayed up and watched it, but. I just wonder what threshold, you know, Aston Villa is currently training in Australia and they had a game that kicked off at 2 a.m. England time. And so there were a lot of fans that were debating, like, do you get up and watch it or do you not? Or what do you do? And there was no way I was doing that. I will say, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I, well, I was going to say for like my hounds watching experience, I, I'm that's not unusual for me. I'm pretty good at staying away from like social media and all that stuff and then i have like no problem just kind of you know loading up the replay and then watching it whenever i do that i do that with like liverpool games i do that with this so that's that's not too unusual for me but as much as i try to ruin it for you in what way what like texting or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there are premier league games that i'll be like is kevin actually watching this right now maybe i'll just like start dropping hints and sending him texts and it's rude yeah <laughs> favorite yeah you want, you, you want to tell me how you feel about that Kev? no <laughs> <laughs> what I, I see i see liz is uh sarcastic in the comments like oh what a shame kevin's not gonna talk for the rest of the day <laughs> yeah so get a minute sincerely you don't know you can't uh, read the sarcasm off the screen i think yeah. i can I <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about some takeaways here so obviously the hounds one one draw against New Mexico. They go down in the first minute after a turnover. Uh, Nico Brett pounced on the turnover, made a nice little pass, and uh, and they finished it. And then it took until, what, the 65th minute for Dane Kelly to score? I'm trying to remember here exactly like what time. Or something. I, have the, I have the game flow here. Here we go. 75th minute. I knew there was a five in there that Dane Kelly put it away to make it 1-1. Uh, Josh, give me a takeaway from the game as you drink. Kev, take, um, give me a takeaway from the game. 
I, I got it. I got it. I got it. So, like, first takeaway would be obviously the goal right away was just a terrible giveaway. But it was also like in that weird part of the field, which I know we're going to talk about the field because how can you not talk about this <laughs> field? I had a huge debate like during the first like 15 minutes of the game. Like, did they actually have sod over top of the dirt or was it just dirt? Because you couldn't tell. It looked like just yeah. dirt. Finally, there was a close up. I'm like, wait, that's okay. That looks like, you know, dead grass over top of the the baseball uh, dirt, but barely. Uh, but both goals that happened in this game happened on that side of the field around the dirt slash sod area. And it kind of makes me wonder if like this game would have been the same at all if it wasn't for the condition of the field. We've had this conversation too with players who've been on the show whenever they play at a baseball field and we ask them point blank, do you, you know, are you more timid? Do you watch your footing when you play where there's dirt? And they said, without a doubt, like you have to, because otherwise you're setting yourself up for injury. And you could see it during the game that there are guys that you get into that area and you just start tiptoeing a little bit. You just want to get through it. There were a few times that Cicerone picked up the ball in that area and he would do a few moves and I was just sitting there bracing myself. I said, don't, please, please don't hurt yourself. Just get out of there, get back on grass and, and it'll be okay. Speaking of getting hurt, Mike, I'm putting my trust in you to allow me to talk. But <laughs> speaking of getting hurt, I thought that was a side comment. Like, I thought this game was pretty chippy. Um, New Mexico, you know, didn't mind uh, throwing a challenge. And these are your kind work. of games, man. This is what you love. It's true. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, but at the same time, yeah, it slows the game up for sure. I mean, it doesn't, the, yeah. the, the game doesn't flow as much as it could. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I thought from recent memory, New Mexico was one of the more, you know, kind of chippier teams that we played against recently. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, New Mexico to me is a bit of a conundrum because they clearly have a decent fan base. What, I think it was 12,000 that were at the game. They've historically been pretty good. They have a ton of support. And yet they were still playing, you know, back to Josh, your first point in a crappy baseball stadium, especially while the sun was out, couldn't see the lines, couldn't see, you know, large part portions of the field. It felt very much like Las Vegas when we played out there, which just made me think like are all Western conference teams this bad. Now, when the sun did go down and the lights came out, it looked a little bit, but you could at least see the lines on the field. But for the most part, it was just come on, USL, like we, we got to be doing better. Does New Mexico have an affiliation with Las Vegas? I don't think so. No, no. I just remember there was there was a point in the game where the commentators were mentioning there was like a costume contest and like whoever the winner was going to be, <laughs> oh they yeah, were going to like fly them out to Vegas for a game or something. Yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. Weird. Well, yeah. it's because they were going to be playing against Vegas, uh, okay. so it was like a flying them out to the next game in Vegas. Gotcha. Yeah, I I thought it was a bit tongue in cheek that they nicknamed their stadium the Lab. Like, I don't know why you would call your stadium the lab, but it did make me think if Highmark Stadium had a nickname, what would Highmark's nickname be? I mean, we we used to call it the Mark all the time. The Mark? Yeah. The Mark. Have you seen? <laughs> okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll let that be. Um, there was a, there's a, a, an SNL sketch with uh, Tiffany Haddish plays a Mortal Kombat character named Boo Boo Jeffries. And she has a move called The Mark, where it's her 
her uh, brother-in-law comes out and berates uh, Scorpion and like yells at him, and his name is Mark. And uh, yeah, so anytime somebody says the Mark, I think of that for whatever reason. Go look it up, Boo Boo Jeffries. It's a great sketch. <laughs> there could be, there could be, um, it could be a, a thing. There's a Los Alamos National Lab um, that's um, what north of Albuquerque. Um, I, I, I know colleagues that used to work out here and then transfer over to Los Alamos and live in Albuquerque. So it could be like a, that kind of reference. Yeah. And I guess the other thing to point out too, as it relates to Josh, you mentioned if they weren't playing on a baseball field, if they also weren't playing in a hundred degree heat, like what, you know, how would our, would our guys have fared any better? I didn't think we fared poorly, but it does just make you wonder when New Mexico is, they said it was even hot for New Mexico, but when they're training in that all year and we're still in the low 80s here, that's definitely going to make a difference. So, yeah. Kev, give me a, give me another takeaway. I mean, I, th- there, I think there's a lot in this game to, to dissect and discuss, but one kind of high-level one is I thought it was just a really good game. Like, I, I thought New Mexico played us well. I thought we played New Mexico well. There are times where we haven't shown up in away games. Um, I didn't think that was the case. I mean, short of the first minute. <laughs> um, I mean, I even kind of like thought in my mind to like joke, jokily, so, but it, it wouldn't have made sense. But like, oh, I turned the game on at like, you know, two minutes, what I missed. Like, I, you know, I was like, we played really well. I don't get it. Um, so, yeah, no, I, 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 it was a really good game. It was open. Um, both teams went for it. Both teams created a lot of chances. Um, regarding one of the comments we got last week, uh, I thought, that we still um, had a willingness to press a little higher um, in this game. And I think from that, New Mexico were kind of cognizant of it and tried to uh, hurt us a little bit with being a little more direct. Um, I think pretty often they had two forwards against our three defenders. um, And sometimes they found success going more direct. And sometimes, you know, our defenders played it well. So, um, yeah, I mean, good game. New Mexico played well. Um, I think uh, after the mistake early on with Wheat, um, I thought he recovered pretty well. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I want to keep giving him his credit because I think he's, this isn't the first time this is this kind of scenario has played out for Wheat over a game in that he makes a mistake, but then like doesn't go hiding. Like he, he kept doing what he needed to do and, and, and playing pretty well. Um, uh, stop me at any point, um, but uh, well, I was gonna Molly... say him, him and him and Peters both were trying to take shots from outside the box too, trying yeah. to you know trying to cash in after their luck. I shouldn't say luck; they scored last week, um, but you could see them pushing further and further up the field um, yeah. at all points during the game. It wasn't just towards the end where there was a scramble; they were taking their shots. So, yeah, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I think the next point that you were about to make was Jamali Waite mm-hmm. was in goal. Um, yep. We talked about this last week. There was a question that came in as part of the halftime huddle. Do we think that he's the de facto number one? I think, Josh, you had said you expected him to be in goal this week. Vosvik is on the bench. Silva didn't even make the roster. So at this point, Josh, do you think that Wade is our de facto number one? Yeah, I, I do think so. Uh, Vosvik being on the bench, has that happened lately anytime? Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I remember seeing him on the bench and not thinking to myself, like, holy crap, he's on the bench. He's alive. Um, he's still on the team because <laughs> yeah. 
you know, could have fooled us uh, with the rosters before this. And I'm just making sure I didn't miss it before. But yeah, I feel like this is the first time we've seen them in a very long time actually dress. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, he's going to be our starting keeper. Wait, is I feel like it's de facto keeper now. Um, I don't see that changing anytime soon unless he gets injured or if for some reason there is some big, you know, mistake that he, you know, is the reason why we lose a game and it just doesn't recover from that. I thought he, I thought he played well in this game too. I yeah. mean, it's, I, I think in the past, what, like three or four starts that he's had, um, he's had to been, he, he's been called on once or twice, you know, not much to do in this game. He actually had stuff to do and he, you know, he did it well. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'm 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 cool with Wade being our starting keeper. I I prefer that we sort of settle into having a starting that we always end up doing this. It's always this like rotation, 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 and then Lily settles on one. And that ultimately seems to have an impact on how the defense plays, at least a little bit, because you think they settle down, they know who's behind them, they know what to expect. And it's not this guessing game of wait, do I go? Do I don't go? Who's in front? Who's behind me? You know, how do I play this? So, yeah. Sorry, Riley's making me watch uh, Stranger Things. And so you said, should I stay or should I go? So I'm singing that song now. The should I Wait, stay or should so I go song. What season are you in now? Season one. I mean, I never watched it. Nice. Oh, okay. I still haven't watched season four yet. So it's a fun um, ride to both of you. Yeah. <laughs> Just know that season four is a lot scarier than the other seasons as far as like they notch up the horror a lot more. So. I was wondering, because, like, I know, like, in the little tagline, you know, not to keep going down this rabbit hole, but, like, you know, it's a, like, rated whatever, and then, like, for fear. I was like, usually I don't like fear. Like, I am i don't like scary fearness. And I was like, but this is, like, this is fine. Like, No, the first couple of seasons or things are, are very much, like, goosebumps yeah. level of horror. But they're fun. I, lo- I love the show. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed, but it seemed like this was the second week in a row that we had a trick play off a set piece. Did you guys catch that? So last week there was a, you're trying to keep it together. Last week there was a set piece where we played it into the box and Ordonia's did the little heel flick. This week there was something similar where I think it was Danny and Kenny lined up to take it. And Danny did like a little run around and it was just like a tap in and, and he then crossed it in. We haven't really seen like trick plays in the past. And I'm wondering if this is like a new dimension of, you know, Lily trying to do Lily. I don't know. I don't know. But it was just interesting. This seems like think, second but week in a row. I, for the life of me, I, I, w- I couldn't believe that Lily like lays these out and sanctions like time <laughs> to practice this. I think this is purely like an invention of the players. Yeah, I can I can almost hear him going harumph when he sees something like yeah. that. Like, I <laughs> yeah. can imagine it in my head. Just, you know, no nonsense, get the job done type of, you know, style that Lily prefers, I feel like. I, I don't disagree with that, but I also, we, we've talked about in the past how Lily has sort of had this evolution where when he first came in, it was very much shut down defense, win the game one nothing, and move on. And over the past 
four years. We're now in his fifth year, I think. Um, he's evolved to the point that he's, you know, basically playing three at the back and then having the equivalent of seven forwards attacking the game. And so he has evolved in ways. And so seeing this in back-to-back games, it just made me think, is this like the next thing? Is this the next evolution of Lily? Is set piece specialist? I don't know. Um, just something to keep an eye out for as we head into, into next week and, and beyond for the season. Yeah. Um, what else, Kev? What else did you see in this game that you were either happy about or you didn't like? What else? I mean, I still think there are times where our midfield um, is exposed a little too much. I mean, I think there are there early on. I remember one of their players uh, within like six or seven minutes, and I forget the New Mexico player's name who did it, but. Like he picked up the ball and just like went past like four of our players and eventually got back to our like defensive line. Um, I mean, I, I understand how like that can happen sometimes, but um, yeah, I, I, I still feel like I, and I don't know how to fix that necessarily. I don't want to put it all on uh, the midfielders. Cause I do think at times, I mean, the way our wingbacks play at times you could say, well, they're midfielders and they form a four man midfield, but, not not really. <laughs> um, I don't think they really play like that. And I think Griffin and Rivera have a lot of ground to cover. Um, so I, I, I want to cut them slack there. But um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I don't know if Lily's solution to work around that is trying to press higher and, def- and, and force teams to go direct and go over a midfield or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, something to look out for. But no, I mean, I, you know, this was this was really important. I mean, last week we 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 all said we very much take a draw. We got a draw um, against not a crap team. Um, so, you know, I, like I, said, I was impressed with New, Me- uh, with New Mexico. Um, you know, it was, it was, I was going to say it was nice to see Nico Brett, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> uh, but uh, N- yeah. Nico Brett, it, like this felt like a different Nico Brett. He, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh, he'd pick up the ball and go straight to goal. And it seemed like his first instinct here was to be a distributor. So I don't even know if he got a shot on net. I don't think. I can't recall. I I could be wrong. Um, Yeah, he seemed to be more playmaker, Brett. So good for him. I guess another thing we could talk about is the disallowed goal. Uh, It was really hard to tell. So Russell Cipriani gets a three ball from Griffin. And it, you know, speaking of pressing, he gets caught offside. And I... Like, there was no good angle from our feed. Like, I could not tell if he was actually offside or not, if it was a bad call. But yeah. also, the players didn't really seem all that interested in, you know, arguing about it. So, either discipline on their part to just, you know, keep their head down, get the job done, because they know they're not going to be able to change the ref's opinion, or it was probably offside. <laughs> well, and that, that goal in particular was one. I actually went and looked up the definition of offside because I was very confused about it. And even in the definition, it's not clear. So Griffin dribbles basically just outside the 18 and takes a shot at net that the goalie then deflects. And the call was that at the time that Griffin took the shot, Cicerone was offsides off to the left of goal. I was always under the understanding that in order to be offsides, you have to, the ball has to be played in your direction and you have to make a play on the ball, which is why a lot of times you'll see in Europe, 
the ball will be played towards guys that are offsides and they'll just walk back and, and let the ball go past them. And they're not offsides. They just let it go because they didn't make a play on the ball and the ball in the ball was played in their direction. In this case, there was no intent to get the ball to Cicerone in the first place. It was a shot on goal that the keeper then deflects in the Cicerone's direction. And so that whole thing kind of threw me. First of all, there was the question of, was he actually offside, Josh? Like, you're right. There's a whole camera yeah. discussion of like, was he actually offside? Was he was he actually between the last defender and the keeper when when the ball was played? But to me, that whole conversation becomes moot when it was never the intent to put the ball in his direction in the first place. It was a shot on net that the goalie then touches and parries away to Cicerone who's there. You know, the goalie could have caught it and tried to roll it out and Cicerone wouldn't have been offsides because the goalie just played it to him. So, yeah. Kev? Well, no, I mean, well, yeah. If the, if the goalie catches it and then makes a play on it, then that's different than... Because in wow. some ways, it's essentially... A save is essentially... I guess you can probably read that as a deflection. In which case, it's kind of a continuation of the original play. And in, in which case, like, you know, however that works out. So, yeah, I mean, I think the way it's all interpreted is Cicerone was offside the moment the ball left Griffin's foot. Um, and trying to catch it, I mean, he was within the realm of possibility of being offside from the camera angles that we were given. Yeah. How, that being said, I think it it did look really tight. Um, you know, I don't know. It, hard to say, but... Yeah, there is that gray area line of like, well, maybe it's not a gray area line. I don't know. I, but like when you when you like palm it and push it, even if you're directing it in a direction, you're not the goalie's not catching it. The goalie's not. I mean, it's you know. So if you're outside, you're outside, and that's kind of how it works, I guess. Yeah, I always thought that was offside, like because he was offside when the ball got kicked, and then he directly contributed to the goal, obviously, because he kicked it in. But like the players you're talking about before and like European and that kind of stuff is like them just walking around after they were offside because then they don't interact with the ball. <laughs> um, you know, what I mean, like they're not going to kick it in after like or they would be considered offside. So, yeah, that's fair. I don't well, like and it, but I'll take I, it. I was I was going to say, I mean, usually when stuff like that happens, I think it maybe leaves more of a bitter taste in my mouth. But it sounds weird I'm saying this, but I, I almost would argue that, like, even if that goal was allowed and it stayed in, I don't know if it would have changed the look of the game that much more than how it ended up playing out. Like, both teams got... It wasn't like, you know, it was 1-1 and we each created one chance and scored off that one chance. I mean, chances were going, you know, for both teams, left, right, and center. So, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like we were kind of robbed anything here um it was it was a good game kind of in the i don't know in the context of, of that happening yeah i made a comment i think within the first like 20 minutes of this game like i feel like the, the hounds had multiple goals in them for this game and i was wrong we didn't have multiple goals but i do feel like there was multiple opportunities for us to score and i wasn't surprised when we you know got the the game uh tying score or goal at the end there because i kind of felt like the hounds had a goal in them at least in this game yeah 
This was one too, where sometimes whenever we make our subs, you wonder, or, you know, are the subs actually going to make an impact? And clearly they did. I mean, Dane Kelly gets the goal, but I thought Marky Barra also played well. He ended up coming in and taking all the corners and set pieces after he came in. He added a little bit of grit to the midfield that I think not necessarily was missing, but especially when it's a hundred degree heat and you got the guys running around like crazy, you add a little bit of something for the last 30 minutes. Um, it can sort of change the game a little bit. So no, I mean, I, nothing else really to add. I thought overall, Kev, like you said, I thought it was a good game. I think anytime you go across the country and you play in a hundred degree heat and you're playing against another team, that's pretty good. And you're playing on a crappy baseball stadium and you have a showing like that, you know, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago where it was almost more important that we looked good and that we played well more so than the actual scoreline. And I feel like this is a case just like that, where we look good, we played well, we didn't wilt under the, you know, giving up a goal in the first minute. We kept fighting and literally could have gotten the game winner towards the end. We kept pressing and pressing much more than New Mexico did in that second half. We were the better team in the second half by far. Um, yeah, good showing. I would have loved the three points, but really, really happy with one. And, and now they come back and, and get ready for Hartford. So I mean, we should really talk about that goal though. That the, the Hounds goal was it was great, fantastic yeah. goal. Like Cicerone being able to do that through ball that just looked like he just barely deflected it out, and then yep. yeah, Dane Kelly actually getting back on the sheet. It feels like it's been forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, it was, it, yeah, Kelly Rosales picked it up at like midfield. It was just a slight pass to Cicerone who did a one touch to Kelly who yeah. did a one touch through the keeper's legs to score yeah it's funny because like you know beginning of the season we were talking about man dink kelly's scoring up and like cicerone's having a dry spell and it's really bad because cicerone can't get you know just that chip off his shoulder trying to get that goal and he finally gets a goal and it's okay he feels like he's back in it now and and now it's almost the opposite because ding kelly hasn't scored in a while it's like uh, it's kind of sucks he hasn't scored in a while and here's cicerone like giving a great you know assist there and yeah, it's just if they're both firing on goals, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I, saying, I don't think that I don't think the assist over the goal. I think an assist or a goal, especially that kind of assist, I think Cicerone will internally still be as pleased, if, even if you know, that was a goal or whatever. I think I think Cicerone played well, I, and and he, you know, created the chance that led to the tying goal. So, um, what he gets two goals against Red Bulls. Um, and has been playing well ever since. So it feels like Cicerone's kind of back on track outside of that entire, you know, team wide. Oh, that was my point. Yeah. I wasn't saying yeah. that he's like back. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, like, yeah, he's now he's firing all cylinders, it feels like. And Dane Kelly's the one that's kind of like, man, it'd be really cool if Dane Kelly could get a goal because, it, you know, he needs to get back on. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I, I mean, it, look, the assist was good. The build up play was good. But the finish was also very, very, very fantastic. good. I mean, th- to have the speed to get by the players that he did the the quick one touch poke through, I think it was through the keeper's legs or off the ones. That, yeah, it was, it was a great goal. Celebration was great. And, uh, although I, I'll say, I mean, I don't, I don't think he starts in the next game. I mean, I, I think Dequa probably still starts, but yeah, Same. no, and uh, just back to Cicerone real quick. If anyone ever doubts his commitment or his effort level, just look at the pure elation on his face after Kelly scores, the way he turns and like fit, like 
this guy is in it 150% every single game. So if he's going through a goal drought, it's not for lack of effort. Like he's, he's busting his butt out there um, week in and week out. So yeah, no, that was great. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about in this game? We got a lot of other news that we need to get to as well. So I just want to make fun of New Mexico real fast about their advertisements during this game. It was like <laughs> everything had a sponsor. Even the yellow cards had a sponsor. Yeah. I've never seen that before. For every yellow card, you get like a free breakfast sandwich at Wendy's. I was like, yeah. how is that? Is that encouraging injuries? Like, is that <laughs> encouraging yellow cards? Like, you know, as a fan, you're like, come on, just get that yellow. I want to get that That's free right. breakfast sandwich. That's right. <laughs> Sweep the legs, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> You get towards the end and everyone starts chanting, yellow card, yellow card. <laughs> yeah. No, fully agree. Um, well, so that was that game. 1-1. One, one. Um, one point. We're coming back. Two big announcements this past week for the team. First is that we, we actually talked about both of these a little bit last week, but we have a lot more information. It's actually been confirmed between our last episode and this one. So the first one is that Edward Kiza has now joined the team on loan from the New England Revolution, who obviously play in the MLS. A little bit of background on him. He previously played three years at Pitt, where he scored 31 goals in 53 games. So more than one every other game, which is really good. After he was drafted by New England Revolution in the first round of the 2021 MLS draft, he spent eight games in Memphis before being sent to New England's two-team in USL League One, where he scored five goals in 12 games. And then he was then called up by New England, and now he's sent to us. Word from the inside is that he was with the team training this week. Um, He was actually there, but he was not on the roster this weekend. So this begs the question to you guys – what do you think that having another striker on the team means for Dequa or Kelly? You know, Kev, you mentioned that you didn't think Kelly starts this week. Do you think that I don't see Kiza coming in and starting right away, but do you think Kiza replaces one of those two? No, I mean, I, I don't know. I have to assume that he, look, I mean, I don't know that much about him. And from that, I assume he comes and he's at the bottom of the ladder and he has to work his way uh, up it through training and practice. I, I get the sense maybe, okay, so we have Cicerone, Dequa, Kelly. Who else would you say is a dedicated out-and-out striker or forward? That's okay. it. Well, I, I, I was, wanted to make was... sure... I no, there was somebody the in the preseason. Obvious. There was somebody in the preseason that we were pretty hyped about, a young guy, but now I'm completely blanking on his name. Yeah, he was in the academy or something, but I think yeah, now yeah, he's yeah. probably off getting, getting ready to go to, go to college. college yeah. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I mean this this could be something if you know, in this game we had, you know, two forwards with Kenny sitting behind him. It makes training 11 v 11 or whatever easier if you could fill out two forwards on that side, two forwards on that side. So it could, it could be as simple. What, Josh? Yang. Was it Yang? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yang. Oh, Yang. Yang. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a forward. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I made like, the roster we... for a while. Yeah. I agree. I'm just saying we do have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, we're just trying to think of myself like, wait, we have more forwards. I was going to say, yeah, I, okay, good. Um, th- thanks for pointing that out. But yeah, I mean, like, 
so yeah, I mean, it, it could be a training thing where, you know, if one person goes down, you want to play 11 v 11 and you want to test your defenders against good forwards, you know, I think it's always good to have a deep, deep positions in that way to kind of, to, yeah, get everyone to challenge in, in training. But I, but I can't imagine that New England called him up from their two team where he was contributing to sit on our bench. Like there had to be something like why why would they but why would you take a player that's playing consistently and telling them go here and don't play consistently if anything he would have gotten more time at the two team because actually he was on so new england and then he goes to the two team in 2021 and then he gets uh loaned to memphis uh and he makes like I think Wikipedia said he made like eight appearances. Yeah. Um, and then he gets called back up to New England to get loaned out to us. So like right. if they were taking him away from New England or from Memphis, they probably wanted him to get more time. That's what I would think. Um, or maybe it just wasn't working out there for him and he didn't want to be there anymore. And you know, he has a history with Pittsburgh, so he was more interested in coming here. Um, it's hard telling why this happened, but I, I am curious though because it's like I feel like he, at least New England, probably thinks that he can get more time here. And if that's the case, like you know, I want to see the evidence of that, and I'm excited to see him. Like I'm, you know, he if he works out with Bob's system and Bob feels like he can use him, then I'm sure we're going to see him somewhere. But I just don't know how often. Yeah. So I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, you know, obviously he'll get some more minutes with the team this week throwing him in midweek and then expecting him to be on the roster, especially with the fact that we get five subs now, I think is a little ambitious, but getting a full week of training under his belt, it'll be interesting to see what happens here against Hartford. The other big news uh, that we alluded to is that the Hounds have a new president, Jeff Garner. And uh, you know, the team was sort of hinting at the fact that we would all be really excited about it. And when you look at his pedigree, it's hard not to be. He's from York PA um, and he he uh, went to Robert Morris uh, University. But since then, he's bounced around at a couple different jobs. But most recently, he spent the past three years as the president of business operations for the 2021 USL Champs Orange City, Orange County SC. And while he was there, he was responsible for all aspects of the team's business operations, including sponsorships, ticketing, marketing, stadium operations, um, which sounds in line with how we like to have our president function. They sort of run all of the operations around Highmark and just leave the team to Bob. He did oversee a surge in game attendance, um, basically seeing a 155% increase over 2021 and 2022. Uh, and in addition to record-setting financial results, he expanded their event offerings, spearheaded a regional broadcast partnership, implemented fan-driven technology, and uh, directed the launch of multiple community outreach programs. And so the team has confirmed that he's going to lead the business side of the club, Highmark Stadium and the AHN Montour Health Plus Sports Medicine Center. So um, we've already reached out to the team. We are going to talk to Jeff. We will get him on the show, but they said, guys, let him like get vetted in for a few weeks and then we'll, we'll throw you at him. Um, but, you know, Josh, what, what are your thoughts on, did, did your, uh, you know, did your bat phone ring and it was him on the other <laughs> line yet? No, I haven't actually had a chance to talk with him yet. I'm also kind of just letting him, you know, get a chance to settle in before, you know, knocking on the door, the Steel Army stuff. But, uh, 
he is already pretty active on social media. I don't know if you've been paying attention to his Twitter account, but he's been having fun with the Steel Army account and, you know, chatting back and forth. And uh, he made a post, I think it was about, you could tell he had just listened to at least a one or actually sound like a couple episodes of Houndsy because uh, he made some references to a couple of the episodes. So uh, yeah, that's a good sign. I mean, I know it seems silly, but the fact that he's already interacting with the, the, the fans and, you know, engaging and seems to be like doing his homework about, you know, the, what media is out there for the, the hounds and what's going on. It's, it's just really cool to see. And that's what you want to see. Um, it would be also nice to hopefully we see some changes being made in the front office as far as the way things are run. And uh, we see him leave his mark and uh, yeah, I'm excited. seems like a good hire. Yeah. One of the things I'm really excited to talk to him about is Kobe Henry, who played for Orange County, basically came through their youth program and they sold him for, I believe it was seven figures to league one uh, in, in France. So he, you know, he was very proud of that as an accomplishment, but that sort of signals a direction and a focus for really trying to get these players and move them up. I mean, you're seeing a couple players now that started in the USL and are now in the Premier League. And so there is this push to try to keep generating local homegrown talent, selling them overseas, getting some money, getting them into the system. Kev, what are your thoughts on on having, you know, Vic, we love talking to Vic. Vic was great, but Vic also had sort of a baseball background, didn't really have a soccer background. Here you have a guy that spent three years in Orange County, and Orange County won everything last year. So what's your take on this? Just that. I mean, I, I I don't have much of an outlook. Anything that what you guys have already said. I don't. I I'm not that close to these kind of parts of the club. I don't. I'm not that concerned or interested with these parts of the club. Um, that being said, I mean, yeah, everything on paper sounds great. I mean, to the point of yeah, being in soccer rather than another sport, I think matters. Um, being part of a club and a culture where. Um, expectations are knowingly high based off of what you've previously done matters i mean and i think equally like what josh says when he's speaking the lingo and the language of the community here in the club that matters as well and so yeah i mean it's i never get my hopes up too much with uh, with stuff like this because i think it's i mean it's hard enough to try to track and understand what like new players to the door are going to do for us let alone people who we don't see every day and like can't measure their performance directly um especially in the short term um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's all, all signs seem to be, seem to be very positive. So, yeah, feels like a good, good deal to me, especially with him being a, a local guy, you know, he gets to come back a little bit, spend a little, I mean, we talk about the basically two, I don't want to say local signings, but Kiza was here for three seasons. Um, and you know, now, now we have a president who, uh, who spent a lot of time at college in the area as well. So, um, yeah, I will say, things. I mean, I, yeah, I, th- I think um, kind of f- like office-based appointments, like i.e. non-player, um, I don't know what to call it, but like non-player, office. sure, I, I was, but like, yeah, like non-player club improvements, I think matter a lot more for us in the long run. I, oh, yeah. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather knock, you know, knock it out of, out of the park with, an appointment like this or the um, like the training facilities that are being developed or any kind of stadium expansions, all of those, I think build a 
lower growth long-term health of of the club so yeah i mean I, that's yeah that's important so I also think it's really important that he spent three years in Orange County because we're so used to having a president that lasts a year to a year and a half. Yeah. So here's yeah, a guy yeah. that's like used to being somewhere. And I think that's, again, Kev, back to your point, that's really important for building sort of a long-term projection of where you would like things to go. You kind of have to be here longer term to sort of see it through. Yeah. So yeah, all good stuff. Can't wait to talk to him and have him on the show. It sounds like he's going to be a fun guy to talk to. So if you do have questions for him, start sending them over now and we'll just make a, make a list and, uh, and we'll go from there. Guys, let's, uh, let's take a quick look at the standings and sort of see where things lay about uh, a little bit past midway through the season. We are currently in fourth place with 34 points. After that draw, we are still tied with Detroit, who are in fifth on 34 points. Um, and then beneath us, you have Birmingham, which are knocking at the door with 32 points. Miami is at 28. And then you sort of have a drop off the Tulsa underneath the playoff line at 22. Kev, last week you sort of alluded to the fact that you unfortunately don't see the top three dropping out of the top three at this point, short of any sort of meltdown, which we've seen Indy do time and time again. So it very much is possible. <laughs> but Louisville is sort of running away with things with 42 points. Tampa at 39, Memphis at 38 so we are at least two games back on the top three. Um, so we're going to have some ground to make up. Uh, anything from the from the standings that sort of jump out to you guys that either give you pause or it's just Fre- it is what it is. Let's move on. Fre- freaking Louisville, man! Like it's they're <laughs> amazing. Like, it just, every year it's like, well, could this be the year they trip? And there's oh, they have some turnover like this. You know it? No. Five, five straight wins at least because we're looking at the last five results for each team on the screen. I don't know what they're doing, but like, yeah. I mean, they, they have a game in hand and they're three points ahead of Tampa. So I don't see that changing. I st- yeah, I still don't see the top three changing, although Memphis, maybe, I don't know. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm, what I'm excited about now is like the race between us and Detroit. I think Detroit has been a, such a fascinating story for the season so far. I've enjoyed the games that we've played against them. Um, you know, they're new, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I think this could be... I'd rather our rival be Louisville, but, you know, <laughs> maybe we're developing something with Detroit with how close we are in the table and some of the games that we've played against them. Yeah, I mean, That's a big thing is just Detroit right on our heels and it's kind of back and forth, back and forth. And, yeah, it's... I, I, I'm hoping we can pull away <laughs> and uh, start being more on Memphis's heels than uh, having Detroit on ours. So uh, that's the hope. And it's still, I mean, I think Memphis is definitely still within range. I mean, and so is Tampa for that matter. It's not like those yeah. two teams are all that far ahead of us. Um, so I do think they're still within striking distance. Louisville, it doesn't look like it. Um, and Tampa has a really good kind of like, momentum right now so that's also gonna be a little bit harder but it's memphis lost the last game so yeah. it's it's not like it's uh completely yet out of the realm of possibility how is like louisville not in mls yet i mean they got that new stadium they're selling out all the time they're just crushing it in usl unless you know the thought is is that they are just going to be the they're going to be the poster child of usl you look at Cincinnati and Cincinnati were the poster child of USL and then went to MLS and have been terrible ever since. So (laughs) 
maybe it's the idea of just stay here and be the be the big fish in a smaller pond and just crush it and uh nah they'll get there uh, garber is gonna the mls needs all the franchise fees that they can get uh expansion fees so once they you know dry up with the ones that they have right now they'll they'll knock on louis door and i think louis will happily go that's a bummer guys this week the hounds head to hartford on saturday 7 p.m josh was it hartford that you said were phones Frauds, frauds, frauds. Yeah, frauds, frauds. Frauds. Uh, yeah I don't think I started that. I think that was probably someone else in the Steel Army. But yeah, it, Harvard and Frauds has just been yeah. truth uh, as long as I can remember. <laughs> so the last time we played them was back in March, and we won two to one. We got goals from Dambrot. There's a name we haven't heard in a long time, and uh, and King Kenny. Uh, you know, Hartford's going. Is he still on our team, Dambrot? Like, jeez, he hasn't been on the bench, so. I would guess he's still on the team. He's just not like, making the roster. Well, and what wasn't his like first? Like didn't the first game he played, he scored or something? Like he I, he started off really strong for us. I remember that. He looked good. We we have sort of an embarrassment of riches in our uh, on our wide or in our wing back positions. So yeah, uh, it, it's it's got to be a battle to watch at practice every week just to sort of see who gets in there. So. Hartford are going through a bit of a rough stretch. They only have four points in their last five games. They recently lost three to one against the battery and are at a negative three in terms of goal differential over that five game stretch. We are at a plus four over that same five game stretch. So far this season, we've scored 12 more goals than they have, and we've let in five less. So that's a good thing. They did sign Corey Herzog. So we might, this might be a second week in a row that we might see a familiar forward, but he also has been coming off the bench and he didn't play against the battery. He seems to be randomly coming in and out. So unfortunately our buddy Corey is, uh, is also having a bit of a difficult time at this point, but um, guys, any, any thoughts on Hartford, Josh, you, you calling them frauds. I'm assuming that hasn't changed and you feel good about our chances this weekend. And they, they lost by two against the battery. Hey, that's, that's pretty I mean, bad. Didn't we well, lose by three? Wait, I, know, I, was, I, was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> no, I didn't want to put too much stock into that no, number. No, no. Uh, yeah. With that said, though, their, their form has not been as, you know, we they have not recovered like we have as far as that goes. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like we should be pretty confident in this game and expect, you know, expect to win. Yeah, they they... they their home and away records are similar. This isn't like us where we we have a very different output home versus away. So that's not something else that we really need to worry about. Kev, how are you feeling? Same. I, you know, it's weird. I, I, I always, I don't know. I think it's something about their jerseys or their colors where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're beatable. Like, I, I don't like <laughs> something about the green and the and the blue where I'm just like, oh, yeah, like they're they're easy. No problem. Like, I, it's a color thing. I don't know. I think it might have been like a video game thing growing up when I would play teams like that, that they were always like worse and easier to beat or something. I don't know. But mentally, that's how I view these teams in my head. I'm a fan of the green, like not their jerseys in particular, but I'm surprised that we don't see green more often. I shouldn't say I'm surprised. I would color like to grass. S- I, if that's the thing is I was going to say I would like to see green more often, but not in New Mexico. <laughs> It would be, you know, it'd be difficult to pick players out on the field depending on the on the color green because you really don't see what Norwich is like green and yellow, 
but there are Wolfsburg. Ton. Oh, that's right. Wolfsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green and white. Um, I'm sure there's other teams. But it's it's not common. It's not red. It's not blue. It's not stripes. I like a purple. I think a purple's good. Like I I don't want to praise Louisville here too much. You got you like, got such a huge man crush on Louisville. I respect <laughs> them. They're a well run club. I you know, I just want to be competing with them. I uh, Florentina in Italy. They're purple too. All right, we can also go a little bit closer to home. Uh, rowdies. <laughs> yeah, the rowdies, green and yellow. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, Kev, what are you predicting for this one? Zero, one, or three? Three. Um, I think uh, the only. Yeah, I mean, New Mexico could have tripped us up. It could have killed momentum. It didn't. Um, I thought we played well. We got a good result. Um, and now we we bring it back and and get back on the train again. Three points. Yeah. I mean, a score prediction. I I feel like we'd actually been defending pretty well. I mean, the only thing that's kind of shooting us in the foot. Okay, so so wheat kind of makes the mistake that leads to their goal in New Mexico. That's happened now. I think what in the blowout against Tampa at home, it wasn't just wheat. I think there are there was other players, but we made I think like two defensive errors where we just turned the ball over, and those let both led to goals. I think if we can, I mean, it sounds simple and easy. I know it's not, but like if we can reduce the amount of defensive errors that we make. I actually think we're defending okay. I mean, we're created that we're, we're letting up chances. You know, New Mexico had chances, and maybe on a different night or a better team, those chances go in and things get a little ugly out in New Mexico. But um, I don't think we're defending that poorly. So, yeah, I mean, 2 0, 2 1. I think that that's probably the score. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, three points. Um, question is how, you know, how many goals and yeah, if we're actually going to let let them get a goal in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised about 2-0. That, that sounds about right to me. I'm going to say 3-0. I think I think we we use this as sort of a launching off point, and then we come back home. I think it's Tulsa the following week, and really like put on a show. We're comfortable. We're back where we are. Um, Josh, you know there's going to be a watch party this weekend? I mean, we, we always have stuff at, uh, at Bulldog. Bulldog, but uh, I don't know if there's anything like we're not like pushing anything huge but uh it would be nice if people show up i unfortunately probably will not be there this weekend though um but i think rumor i saw online maybe soccer goose is going to be there uh well-known usl uh twitter personality <laughs> he's wait, wait. In. why is goose coming to pittsburgh i don't know i just saw him mm. ask on twitter about you know where's a watch party for this weekend uh interesting and, yeah. So, because he supports, I thought Goose was a fan of uh, Charlotte Independence, which, yeah, yeah. okay, Actually, yeah, cool, awesome. Well, yeah, if anybody runs into Goose at the watch party, buy him a beer, tell him we said hello. Um, maybe we'll reimburse you. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> we like Goose. He's a good guy. I think Goose. I'm trying to remember if he's been on the show. I feel like we've had Goose on the show before. It was years ago. When we used say, to do, maybe we, yeah, we used to do like uh, like one on ones with like other teams' fans, and they would come on and like tell us what they think. So maybe that was the case. I don't know, but we're all predicting a win this weekend. Um, you know, shutout or not, something close to it, and that is what we think. Let us know what you all think, guys. Anything else for this one? We're good. We're good. Awesome. Well. Thank you again, everybody, for 
joining us. This is your weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. We are proudly part of the Beautiful Game Network, which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer. Help us all to keep doing what we're doing. Head to bgn.fm and click the donate button. Help us cover expenses. We appreciate the support. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.